It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How concerned should the Dallas Cowboys be about Dak Prescott's turnovers? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? And this game is definitely for you to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores right now. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCool BCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. I'm excited to be here. I just got finished watching a bunch of uh, eight-year-olds sing uh, White Christmas in a Christmas uh, recital. So uh, that obviously uh, precedes a a bunch of football talk. So I'm excited to to talk Cowboys. By the way, those are the absolute best. I went to to my first one this year. It was so good. Too cute. Just too cute. Yeah. All right. Let's get to your guys' Twitter questions. We've got a lot of them today, and a lot of people are worried about Dak Prescott and his turnovers. This question comes from Ben. What more can Dak Prescott and the Cowboys do to ensure he doesn't turn the ball over moving forward? I mean, it's just that's just not a real, realistic possibility. I, I mean, don't the, think you the, worry about it, right? Yeah, I, honestly, I think people are are really overreacting to this because uh, you know, even with all the turnovers, that the efficiency that that Dak is playing with is incredibly high. Um, you, you live and die with the turnovers if you want to have a, a high scoring uh, offense. I, I just think that that's part of it. Uh, I, look, I mean, I think that there are certainly uh, – I, I would like to see the uh, non-turnover-worthy play turnovers stop. You know, I think that someone uh, posted about how PFF has a, has a, has a stat called non-turnover-worthy plays, basically mm-hmm. where the quarterback uh, caused an interception, but they, it was determined that it was not due to – uh, you know, a bad decision or a bad throw. And Dak currently is tied for the very lead, I think, with six, if I'm not mistaken. So that needs to kind of uh, uh, stop, whether that's just a matter of having the, the receivers catch the ball more or at least not volleyball setting the ball into the air for defenders. Uh, I think that needs to, you know, kind of slow down. But I'm, I'm honestly, I completely agree with Mike McCarthy and what they're talking about. I'm not taking my, taking Dak's foot off the gas I'm just not as concerned about the turnovers. The the timing of this last one obviously was incredibly terrible. Uh, but but I think it's more dangerous to take the foot off the gas and be starting to be worried about interceptions and not throwing into tight windows when you need to, not being aggressive when you need to, than going the opposite way. Uh, so I, I would much rather stay aggressive and, yes. and I'll take my lumps. I mean, there's also just a lot of historical precedent to this that a lot of quarterbacks, even really good ones and Hall of Fame quarterbacks, We'll have a year where they have 
more turnovers than they're used to. Like, for example, Dak going into the season, he had a touchdown rate of 1.7. Okay. If you just compare that to where every quarterback since he's been drafted is, it's fourth best in the NFL. And the only guys ahead of him were Rodgers, Brady, and Brees. The same rate as Mahomes, Russell Wilson, like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. Like he just doesn't turn the ball over. He's having one fluky-ish year and we've seen regression that. Like, happens regression yeah. you know it's like it, it, this is just what this is and honestly like just push through it that's like you do with every other bit of regression and look at like somebody like philip rivers right who always had a really low interception rate it was 2016 he he had a 3.6 percent interception rate which is similar to what dak has now the next year 1.7 has the best year of his career. Uh, Tony Romo had something similar happen in 2009 or 2008, had a bunch of interceptions. Then he has his best year of his career. If Dak was a quarterback that year in and year out had a lot of turnovers and now we're getting an excessive amount, I would be concerned. But I'm, I'm just not. Like it sucks. I, I, I hate that it's happening and some of them feel forced, some of them aren't, but I'm just not that concerned about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like the last bad thing that somebody saw in a football game is the reason that you lost, when in reality you lose a football game for not doing, you know, hundreds of little things throughout a football game, you know? So, uh, yeah, I just think the interception uh, stuff is easy for media members to lob onto because, oh, interceptions are bad, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you look at the larger trend of way Dak is playing – uh, I don't want to alter that. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I want Dak to continue to play that way and with that level of aggressiveness. Uh, and I'm not tampering it down just to get, you know, a couple less interceptions if that means, yes. you know, not throwing two touchdowns that game. So I, I'm, I'm much more – I'd much rather take the risk. I want to remind people that there was uh, some conversations about this last year with Patrick Mahomes. He had a six-game stretch where he had nine interceptions. He threw an interception in every single game. And people were wondering whether – Mahomes needs to be more careful of Andy Reid needs to rein Patrick Mahomes in. And do you know what Andy Reid did? He did the opposite. He let him just throw the ball more in the final nine games of the season. He averaged almost 40 yards or 40 attempts per game. And he threw three games or three interceptions in nine games. Like let your star quarterbacks be star quarterbacks, man. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially when, again, don't punish him for, for, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh, non-turnover worthy plays being interceptions that's that's really that's that's really really bad process i don't what would need to happen like how many straight games with two or three interceptions would dak need to have before you really consider reining him in Raining, i mean i think reining him in i got it uh i you know i think i think it's it's more about like what what I see, it's not just the, it's not like a number. I think at this point, it's more like, is he just throwing is he being it reckless, and, right? Yeah, like, and, and that's not necessarily the case. Like, I think he's he's being aggressive. He's trying to throw people open. That's that's going to incur some interceptions. Sometimes there's going to be miscommunications going to happen. But if Dak is like, you know, uh, struggling with what he's seeing or or is you know having problems processing, I I, I think it's something that you have to see on film more than you could like see with a number because interceptions are not all not created equal you know no. like and i think this year proved that as well as any i mean look how many of these interceptions are clanking off of receivers hands right into deep deep to backs hands so uh, that's what i i think it's hard for me to put a number on the problem yeah. it's more about what you would see him doing 
Right, and there's certain interceptions where, like, hey, if it's third and 15 and you're kind of just throwing a YOLO ball and it's intercepted, it's basically like a punt. That's, but that's different than throwing an interception on first down in the red zone, right? That's why be a little cautious of just the pure interception numbers going forward. Yeah. Uh, exactly. All right, let's get some more questions, Landon. But before we do that, we want to let you know about our, our new partner, the Ultimate Football GM app. It's so much fun. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM, and managing your own football franchise, this app in game is definitely for you. You get to manage basically every single part of being a team. You get to hire the right coaches and coordinators, trade players, make draft picks, navigate free agency, make trades, do the draft. It's so much fun. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Again, it's so much fun. You can... You can draft your own players. You can scout. It's 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 incredible. Lockdown Cowboys listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. That is locked on, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. We also want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing or releasing a new uh, set of football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you're going to be able to find an episode from The League available as a bonus episode on Lockdown NFL, narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rook. They also have this bonus episode called The Way of the Cowboys, Landon, which uh, I, I don't know if you know this, know this but in 1977, uh, the Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee to help with some like training stuff in the off season. This is the Tom Landry thing. So they actually have a whole podcast on it, which is wow. pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. They, they, it's just a really, really good podcast. Head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of the league, or catch the full series wherever you get your podcast. Available now. Audible. Get in the game. All right, Landon, let's get to our next question. Uh, this one uh, is about Michael Gallup from Gunner. He wants to know, at what point do we start getting concerned about Michael Gallup's lack of production? Kellen Moore stated that he needs to do a better job to, to get him involved and allow him to make plays, but surely that isn't the only cause of his ineffectiveness. Well, I, I mean, he still is coming back from an ACL injury. I don't think he's 100% yet, but I also think that part of it is a – uh, a scheme thing. I mean, just like a lack of targets, you know, or at least a different type of targeting than what we've seen from him previously. And again, it's hard to kind of put the, the cart before the horse or, or, or figure out exactly what begat the other, what's the impetus of all this. But I, I do feel like they are severely targeting him less down the field than they have been previously. And there were times in the game, like, you know, that I saw where he had been able to find his way open and, he just wasn't part of the progression that Dak yeah. was looking into. So uh, I, I think it's tough when, you know, he only had one target, I think, or maybe the, from what I remember, just in the end zone on a broken play where he or Dak tries to throw it up to him kind of almost in a YOLO ball situation. He almost came down with the two. Um, I, I just think, you know, I, I think it's easy to say that it's part of the ACL injury. I, I think that that is certainly a, an aspect of it. But I also see Gallup, you know, finding his way open sometimes and, and Dak not going his way. So and, and just in general, not a ton of targeting his, his way. So uh, if I, I, you have every right to be concerned now about Michael Gallup's lack of, of production. 
but I think that you know it's it's probably a little bit more of a mixture of of both of those things of of Gallup needing to you know kind of continue to gain some explosion back uh, and also just kind of a lack of specific targeting to him by the offensive coordinator. We have a lot of questions from people wondering, and we'll get to this about whether the Cowboys should rest starters and all that kind of stuff down the road. And I can see an argument either way, right? Like you want to be as healthy as you can going into round one of the playoffs. But one of the reasons why you shouldn't rest starters is for exactly this connection and this duo, right? Dak and Gallup have just been off all year. I think they need these last three games of the season to try to find some chemistry because if Gallup and Dak just aren't on the same page going into round one of the playoffs, your offense is going to be significantly easier to defend. I, I would love to see, like, in the next three games, Gallup have 25 targets and really get going. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that, you know, we could talk about the idea of resting starters at some other point, but but I, I do think that the idea of kind of continuing to keep your offense out there just to kind of maintain and continue to grow in, in a chemistry sense and kind of, especially now that you've added T.Y. Hilton into this, kind of figuring out the mixture there of how to use all these guys, I think that's important. I think more it's more on the defensive side that I would want to rest starters. I mean, I think you could you could easily give Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence a week off. If yeah, you those to. guys I, I get. Well, it's sure. more depth on that side of the ball, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, 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 But back to the original question, I, I do think it's important that, you know, they continue to kind of work through this a little bit. They still have some time. Micah still, I mean, uh, uh, MG still has some time to get healthy, you know, still continue to get healthy week to week. So, uh, yeah, I think there's still time to kind of continue to work on this a little bit and tinker with the chemistry. And, and like I said, adding in T.Y. Hilton is going to kind of disrupt that even further. So maybe they'll, they need to still kind of settle into uh, – uh, a, a good mixture that you know gets everybody that the touches they need and also kind of benefits the offense overall by utilizing all their skills, not just you know CD Lambs. Just like to see him make one or two big plays down the field. That's the one thing we haven't really seen from mm-hmm. Gallup at all. It's like has he made a reception of twenty five plus yards yet this season? I, no, I think he's made one catch of twenty plus yards, or, or actually no, I don't think he's made any catches of twenty twenty plus yards. I think that they've only targeted him. Like if I if I remember correctly, like I think it was five times. So that's part of the issue, right? Is that like if you're gonna if you wanted to make big plays down the field, send them down the field. Yeah. And 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 you know and it's and and I and I will say this, like this is not exclusively because he cannot get down the field. I I saw several snaps where he did run a nine route. I think it was a clearing route, and he got past his man without any problem. So, uh, I think I think it's more just needing to target him there. Now I will say this: he has maintained a, a similar level of play in those kind of intermediate routes. He's still as effective as he yep. was that last year. I just think that they need to kind of get him some more opportunities down the field a little bit. I get him some layup throws to start with, like not screens, because he's just. I, he used to be really good on screens. I just wondered now with the knee injury, like still not being 100% healthy, if that's an issue. But like get him some slants. Get him some yeah. out routes just, just to get him going and in a rhythm a little bit. That's the one thing I think Kellen Moore could do a better job of going forward. I agree. All right, we've got one more question, Landon. But before we do that, we want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Total Wine & More. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine & More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single-barrel bourbon or the perfect gift for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something for this, uh, something special for the absolute lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine & More. 
curbside pickup and delivery available in most states. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, last question from Mark. He wants to know, how badly is the interior defensive line missing Jonathan Hankins right now, and how is it affecting the linebackers without Leighton Van Rush? Well, yeah, I mean, those two things combined are, are having a major effect, I would say, you know, on the, on the second level in general. Um, you know, they, they're missing Hankins, I think, just because it gave you, in combination with Carlos Watkins, uh, you know, a, a, almost a full game's worth of solid nose tackle play, right? I think that's where they're kind of struggling now. You're seeing Watkins having to play upwards of, 20 to 30 snaps. And, and, and I think that that's, I think once you get past 30, you get some diminishing returns there. Absolutely. And I think that that's why, yeah, I think that, I think that's why you needed a combination of Bohana Watkins and, and and Hankins to kind of uh, fill that role a little bit. Uh, I I think you're seeing Gallimore really struggle in there. I mean, that's, that's that's the one thing I will say, right? Like he he really just has not developed. I mean, specifically in the sense of, uh, being able to do anything against a double team, like just being able to hold his ground against a double team, he just has no ability to do that. Uh, you've seen him, you know, kind of when it comes to you know penetrating and getting his hands on the football or or making a play here or there. Uh, you see that with him, but that's not enough when you're getting pushed around in double teams consistently. You're not making up the for the for the uh, ugly first you know early down plays that you're providing you're putting on tape. So. They're, they are definitely missing uh, Hankins a lot, and I think it's having an effect both on uh, their ability to stop plays at the, at the line of scrimmage and then, like you, like the, the questioner mentioned, the ability to kind of keep offensive linemen off of the second-level defenders. Yeah, Gallimore's been a big disappointment this year. Not only yeah. as a run defender, I was hoping to see more of, of him as a pass rusher. He only has seven pressures this year, and he's played yeah. a lot a of lot. snaps. Like, yeah. That's a need for the Cowboys going forward. It, oh, yeah. Whether yeah. it's a run-stopping defensive tackle or a pass-rushing guy, they they just got to add more talent to that unit. And it's it's got to be frustrating considering the, the amount of assets that they've used on that position to have to bring back Carlos Watkins and play him a bunch of snaps and go trade for Jonathan Hankins. Like Their interior defensive line has a couple guys that you like, but outside of Osa, I don't know of anybody long-term you feel great about. Yeah, I mean, defensive tackle is a difficult position to draft for, but it's made more difficult when you're trying to take flyers on you know middle and late round yeah. guys over and over again. I'm not suggesting that they go out and get Jalen Carter. It's not like they have that <laughs> ability next year, but like it's time to start considering a higher level of of player coming out of college at the position simply because 
you've already wasted that many resources because you've been trying to avoid this this whole time. Or, so, or pay somebody in free agency more sure, than a yeah. million to, right? Like actually yeah. prioritize that in free agency. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's time. You know, like you've got all these great defensive ends, these pass rushers. I mean, even next year, depending, no matter what happens, I think you're going to have a, a, a good amount of defensive ends that you're that you're going to feel comfortable with as pass oh, rushers. Yeah. It's time yeah. to start prioritizing the defensive interior. Osa is not enough by himself, you know, and so and he and he. I think he's been playing really good football, but I mean, he's still a two hundred and eighty-seven pound, you know three technique he's not going to be able to stop the double teams you need another big guy who can go in there and and you know do more than just take on double teams but also make plays you know like that's what you had hoped a guy like gallimore or tristan hill would have developed into but neither of them have it's time to make a a larger investment here so you can get better returns and and this defense deserves it you interested in paying deron Payne like top five money (laughs) i mean Maybe it's only twenty six. It just feels like is that enough, right? Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's enough, but man, that's a great start. If I can play Osa and Payne, and then maybe you bring back one of Jonathan Hankins or Carlos Watkins, and you play more of Golston in there, I think that helps a lot. Yeah, I mean, again, I think just getting one high end defensive tackle through. Hook at the crook. It doesn't it matter to a me. Lot of the problems. That solves a lot of problems in this defense. Yeah, yeah, I I agree because they're just that's the one spot that they either have to devote more resources, like bodies, to in the game to help try and stop the run. And I think that's the difference. People have been asking me on Twitter, like, what's the difference between the Cowboys' defense and the 49ers' defense? Because you look at the 49ers' secondary. And it's not better than Dallas. So how are they all of a sudden, you know, they're absolutely dominating and the Cowboys are struggling. I think it's the interior guys, right? Like when you have yeah. Eric Armstead and I know Javon Kidlaw is not playing right now. But he's coming back have- now though. He's And, and you're going to see it some more. They're going to have even more depth in the defensive interior, which is going to really help them even further. Yeah. I do think that that you nailed it on the head that I think that, and and honestly, look at the timeline of when that defense started playing super great versus when they were just fine. It's when Armstead came back, right? Like that's that's kind of a line of demarcation. So yeah, I think having a player like that in the middle of your defense can really really change all the angles. I 100 percent agree. I think that's got to be a spot that the Cowboys figure out this offseason if they want to become. They're a good defense. I don't care what's happened the last couple of weeks. They're still a good defense. But to be a consistently good defense week in and week out, that's what they need to do. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On Sports Today podcast. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All the same places that you download the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Check us out over on YouTube. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolVCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.